You're listening to a sermon from Tyler Christian Fellowship in Tyler, Texas. Find us on the web at tcftyler.com or send us an email, tcftyler at gmail.com. we can let the kids go to children's ministry. We're continuing a series on the song of the sense which is uh, Psalms 120 through 132. And uh, last week we talked about uh, lament um, and how important that is for us to be a congregation that worships together and expresses just like the whole range of, uh, of emotions and, and uh, thoughts and questions and declarations to the Lord. Um, just like any good parent uh, wouldn't tell their child, only come to me when you're happy, or only come to me when you're you know, in a good mood, or only come to me when things are going well for you. Any parent would say, come to me with everything, and that's how the Lord is too. And uh, what we saw last week when we were talking about the uh, Psalms of Lament um, is that um, by far more Psalms of Lament than any other type of Psalm. There's 150 psalms, uh, 53 of them are songs of lament. So David was pretty good at expressing himself to the Lord. And the others, there's not just David is the only one that wrote psalms, but he wrote a bunch of them. And uh, he expressed himself to the Lord when he was happy. He expressed himself to the Lord when he was sad. He expressed himself to the Lord when he was mad at God. And uh, all of those have come down to us um, as uh, ways not just to, to uh, see um, our relationship with God, but to express. It's given us words, uh, and it's given us uh, the ability, and given us an example and a model um, to, uh, to praise the Lord in a way that's pleasing to Him. And I think when the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart, and it says that over and over about him, that was his testimony. I think we see that in the Psalms, but I think that's one of the reasons why, is because he was so caught up in his relationship with God that no matter what was going on in his life, there was something, a poem, a, a declaration, or a song ascending to the Lord. And uh, those became the liturgy of, uh, of the temple. Those became um, the things that the people expressed themselves to God uh, within the temple. And so that's what we're looking at. And the Psalms of Ascent, uh, are, uh, it's a series of psalms um, that were recited either when they went up to the temple, uh, as they climbed the steps of the temple, they would sing one and then sing another and then sing another, um, or they were sung as the pilgrims came up from Jerusalem to, I mean, from uh, uh, Jericho to Jerusalem. It's a real steep, narrow um, way, a uh, lot, uh, lot of hardships there and a lot of bad people there. It's a dangerous journey. And the whole way that they were going up three times a year, they were singing these psalms. Um, and so that's why we're looking at it. I've, I've wanted to preach um, a series on uh, corporate worship. Um, for a while, and when I started reading this in my, in my one-year uh, reading through the Scriptures, I just thought that's such a great way for us um, to be reminded 
of corporate worship and what we do and why we do it and what's pleasing to the Lord. Um, so last week we talked, to, we talked about uh, lament, and this week we're going to talk about thanksgiving, songs of thanksgiving. And those two things are directly connected because a psalm of, a, of lament, a, a song of lament, um, also includes a petition to God. And then a song of thanksgiving follows right back up on that and says, here's where I was, here's what you did. It's a thank you to the Lord. So it's an expression of thanks to God. And I've chosen uh, Psalm 124, one of the psalms in the Song of Ascents, um, to be our key scripture today. Uh, so we'll read it and then we'll go back and talk about it a little bit. It says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side... Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen? Amen and amen. So Thanksgiving. We're going to go back and look at this in detail, but I just want to talk about how important Thanksgiving is. Something that is really good, something that, is, um, that we have experienced, there's a, there's a need, there's a necessity in us to say thank you. It, and there's something missing, there's something seriously lacking if there is not an expression of gratitude. Um, this may have happened to you uh, at one point. This happened to me this past week. Um, I went into a store, I was shopping, uh, went to check out, and the uh, person behind the counter asked me, um, did you find everything that you needed? And I told her, no, I didn't. I was looking for, I was looking for, well, I can tell you, I was looking for some little um, bouillon cubes um, that are um, chipotle flavored, and they're really hard to find, but Walmart has them every now and then. She asked me if I had found what I was looking for, and I said no, and I told her what I had been looking for, and she said, huh, well, I don't know. <laughs> and so after I checked out, there's, you know, there's like this interaction that you're having with, and there's like, there's nothing coming from her, and so I said, thanks, and she said, no problem. And I'm like, I'm not sure you understand, you know, what just happened right there. I didn't say it to you. I didn't say it. I'm just thinking this in my head. Uh, it was a, it was a casual interaction, and no reason to go into it with her, but it's like businesses depend upon customers. That's the way that works, you know? And I understand that a lot of people in this generation say things that just that's the way that they say them. So that's the way, like if somebody said, what does no problem mean? They would say that, interpret that as a, you're welcome. But it's not a you're welcome. It means, you know, I did some work, you know, it was kind of a pain, but you know, no problem, I don't mind doing it for you, you know. Um, it's like you're not really getting the whole sense of 
the interaction that needs to be there. And I think sometimes we're like that with God. It's like He does something awesome for us, and thank you is part of the whole thing. But He's not going to make you say thank you. But if you're not getting that, if you're not understanding what, what happened, then you're missing out on your relationship with God. Your relationship with God is not going to be as deep as it needs to be because Thanksgiving is an intentional thing that we do. Try it sometime. Like the next time you go to prayer, before you ask God for something, thank Him for everything that you can think of to thank Him for. And then let the Holy Spirit convict you that your list is so short. And it's so hard because you're like you, you think all this stuff and then you're just like, oh, you know, so I know there's got to be more and you're just straining. It's a discipline, but it's a necessary discipline. It's very important for us to do that on a regular basis, not just once a year at, you know, where there's a big feast and a big table and it's the official Thanksgiving day, but to live a life of Thanksgiving, to be aware of all of the blessings of God. So I want to look at this psalm um, in, some, uh, in some detail. Um, psalm 124, and it's just eight verses long. The, songs, the Psalms of Ascent are all pretty short. There, there are um, few, uh, a few of them that are a little bit longer, but most of them are like ten verses or less. Um, and what they're talking about there, there's, it's a psalm of thanksgiving, and they're talking about God delivering them from three things that I think apply to us today. I think it's something that as we talk about this, you might think about this in terms of yourself, and we might think about this corporately um, as we, as we um, thank God together. First is warfare. Um, the second was the flood, a flood or an overwhelming um, torrent. Um, the next is the snare. And then the final verse is thanksgiving. And the word in, in, uh, that's translated thanksgiving, give thanks to the Lord, um, in uh, Hebrew is the word todah or yada. And it means more than just thank you. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So we're going to go back and look at the, ver- at the uh, psalm. Psalm 124, verses 1 through 8. It says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive then their ang- when their anger was kindled against us. So he begins by saying, um, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, And this reminds me of those 12 spies that went in to spy out the land and the condition that they were in. They saw things clearly, but they just didn't see the whole picture. Amen? They saw, like, they they came back out and they gave a report. And they, they like, they uh, they had grapes hanging down to the ground. They said it was a land flowing with milk and honey. But there are giants in the land. And they said, we were as grasshoppers in our own sight compared to these giants. And when when David faced Goliath, Goliath told him, you know, that he had been a warrior from his youth. He's not just big, but he's good. He's not just a, a big guy, but he's a warrior. He's cruel, he's heartless, he knows how to kill. He will wipe you out and your wife and your kids. Now, when these spies came back and they're talking about that, they're, not, they're talking about the truth. I mean, that's exactly what they're facing. But then they said, we're as grasshoppers in our own sight. You see, that's the problem. Because if the Lord had not been on our side, if the Lord had not been on our side, that's two spies remembered that. 
Two spies said, we are well able to take the land. And it wasn't because they were bigger or badder or better warriors. It was because they had the biggest, baddest warrior in existence on their side. And they understood that. They weren't just looking at it, one part of the picture, but they were looking at the whole picture. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, and then he says, the psalmist says, let Israel now say. And let me say it this way, let God's people now say. Let TCF now say. Let's say it all together. Let's say it in agreement. Let's say this is the one thing that we know for sure above all else, that if God was not on our side, we would have all been lost and failed if it hadn't have been for God being on our side. Let Israel now say, so this is a corporate declaration. It's based on individual experiences, but it's a body coming together and saying it together. If it had not been, verse 2, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. And that is absolutely true of Israel, but it's also absolutely true of us. Because the biggest issues that you face are not things, they're people. The biggest challenges that you face are people, or people are behind them. And, and, it's, and it's easy for us um, sometimes to think that's kind of the exception to the rule, but it's not the exception to the rule. When we say we live in a fallen world, it's not because the trees are fallen. It's because we live in the midst of a falling, fallen race, a fallen race of people. And if, this, if, we're, if we're doing this on our own, if we're doing this in our own strength, it's going to be a completely different experience than if we can come into it calmly, confidently, with the trust not in ourselves, but in the Lord. So what you're facing today, if it has to do with people, this is a reminder, let God's people now say, God is on our side. And if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm not facing this thing in my own strength. I don't have to come up with my own plan. All I have to do is listen to the Lord, bring it to the Lord, trust in the Lord, petition the Lord. You remember in the Song of Lament, there was a, most of the time there's a, a clear description of what's going on. And Elizabeth Elliot said that suffering is either you are doing, you have, some, you're, you, you have something, how does it go? She's read it to me about five times. You have something that you don't want or you're, you don't have something that you want. Right? Uh, she says, here it is, my definition of suffering. Suffering is having what you don't want or wanting what you don't have. And obviously there are many levels of suffering, but they all have that in common. It could be something that you want that's like a job or like a, a car or possession or something like that that you don't have, or you don't have something that you want. I mean, you want something that you don't have, or you have something that you don't want. And it could be as, as small as that, or it could be life-changingly difficult, but it's all the same thing. If I have something that I don't want, if I'm somewhere that I don't want to be, what is my response to that? Lament, <laughs> right? And he wants to hear it. He wants to hear us cry out to him. 
He doesn't want us to hold our tongue when it comes to expressing ourselves to Him. He loves that. That deepens our relationship. It doesn't, doesn't threaten our relationship. Sometimes people are afraid of that. But He wants us to lament. He wants us to cry out to Him. Sometimes we have something that we don't want. We're somewhere we don't want to be. We're not somewhere that we want to be. And that's where lament comes from. And when David would start, he would have a good, clear description of that. But the next step was always a petition. He asked for something. He asked for something from God. And, and that, is a, that is a function of faith. Knowing a little bit about the character and the nature of God. That God is good and that God is for us. And that He's not punishing us and He's not looking down on us. That He, he wants to bless us. And so He wants to hear us ask. And then a confident, he, there would be a confident expression, uh, a confidence in God, even before the answer came. Next comes thanksgiving. Next comes thanksgiving because after that petition, then God moves. And I'll tell you what, God will move. You ask and He will move. Now you can say amen. You know that's true. You ask and He will move. He may not always move exactly like you wanted to, but in hindsight, most of the time when you look back on it, you're like, I didn't understand it at the time. Sometimes it's a long ways off in hindsight, right? You look at it and you say, it's not, I didn't ex- understand it at the time, but it's exactly right. He does move in response to our petition. He does move in response to our prayer. It says they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. And I'll I'll add one more to that. We would have responded in kind if it hadn't have been for the Lord. We would would be digging ourselves into a deeper hole. And a lot of times that's the way that it is. People treat us bad, we treat them bad. We're just like, of course, you know, you get what you give. And and Jesus said, don't be that way. You you, You give what you get from the Lord. You don't give what somebody has given you. If God's on our side, we don't, it doesn't all depend on us. It all depends on Him. Remember the king from the Old Testament? I think it might have been Jehoshaphat. I think it was another one, though. And the, 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 um, the enemy came in, and they, they, uh, they set up a siege around the city, and they just started berating the, um, the, the Jews that were on the wall. They were just trying to get in their heads, man. They were like, you, you, you guys are praying to your God, all these other people that we've conquered were praying to their gods too, and it didn't work. You know, your kings are telling you that you're going to conquer because your God is on your side. They're lying to you because we're going to kill you, and we're going to destroy you, and we're going to destroy your city. And they started, and then they sent a letter, and they told the king what they wanted. They wanted tribute, they wanted surrender, and they wanted him to turn himself over. And and the king took that letter, and you know what he did? He went straight to the temple with it and he laid it before the Lord and he said, look what they're saying about you, God. I mean, he might have been upset, but he knew that God, <laughs> God could do something about it. And he did. That's where the deliverance came. The, the deliverance came because he didn't take his own vengeance and he didn't respond in kind out of his own strength, but that he brought it to the Lord and what God did, no man could have done. Verse 4, changes, uh, he changes his um, imagery a little bit. First was people, and then the flood. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone after us, gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging 
waters. I don't know if you've ever seen a flood before, but my family is from Louisiana, and uh, I've seen a lot of floods. And it is amazing the power of water when water begins to move. It's surprisingly strong, it's surprisingly powerful, and it does a tremendous amount of damage. What I'm reminded of when I see this is the accumulation of things in our lives that come against us. It's not the one little problem. It's really not even the one big problem. It's the hundred little problems and then the 50 huge problems, and we just feel overwhelmed. And you know what the result is of that? We just stop. We just get so overwhelmed that we just give up. Israel was faced with the challenge of water when they came out of Egypt. And it was, a, it was a barrier. It was like something that they could not pass, right? And God says, I have a way through it. And he divided that sea. And you know what that was? Do you know what, that was, what, what God was after there? I think he was after the imagery of baptism. I think that's, that's what he was after. A separation of us. What looks like a barrier to us is actually the door to deliverance because it becomes a barrier to the enemy. Are you following me here? I mean, I thought about this a lot. When, when we talk about water and we talk about the, the, um, the things that we face in our life, it's the accumulation of things that comes to the place where we're just like, this is impossible. And when we talked about um, the discipline of the Lord a few weeks ago, I mean, I, I think it's really important that we understand that God is behind some of these things. He's behind this one thing breaking, your, your washing machine breaking, your dishwasher breaking, and your microwave falling from the, you know, in the kitchen. He's after, I mean, he's behind that. He's not necessarily making that happen, but he's saying, I'll, I'll allow these things to happen. Why? So that you'll be dependent upon me. So that you'll be reminded that it's not your strength. And you know what our reaction to those things is? We remind ourselves not how bad the problem is, but we remind ourselves how good our God is. And praise begins to ascend. And he loves that, right? Because he's got a way through it. Maybe your microwave needed to be replaced, right? And maybe you're going to go to Lowe's and find they're having a half-off sale. Um, there was a couple in our church that went to buy a house um, several years ago, and they were turned down for the loan and immediately found out about another loan that they were eligible for, that their house payments were so much less than the one that they would have, would have gotten. They were downcast maybe for a day or two days. You know how that feels when you're rejected. And God says, that's not the one for you. I've got one for you. When the flood would have swept over us, the torrent would have gone over us, then over us would have gone the raging waters. And that imagery is the one of being overwhelmed. And if you're feeling that way today, and listen, it doesn't matter if you're overwhelmed by things that are being done to you or things that are happening to you or things that you're responsible for, because that's another thing that accumulates. Our mistakes, our bad choices, that accumulates. Listen, God is still there for your deliverance. He may not have been in that when you were doing it, and he may have wished that you would have you know, done it a different way. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be with you in it in the solution of it. You're going to find him in the, in the midst of that. And then the next one is, he has not given us the pray, uh, pr as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. And I have been around long enough to know that the enemy has a tailor-made snare for every single one of us. 
He knows us very well. And each one of us is vulnerable in ways that we don't know. But be of good cheer, because God has overcome him. God has given you a way of escape. Um, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There's no temptation that's overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape so that you will be able to bear up under it. So I learned this one early on. I learned, I learned that scripture right after I got saved. And what it means to me is this. There's two things. When I face something that, is, uh, that seems to be overwhelming or seems to be something I can't beat, there's two possible things that are going to happen in the Lord. The first is that He will provide a way of escape. So I may not beat it, but I won't be under it. I won't be subject to it. That's one way. A way of escape. When I feel like that, I'm, that all hope is lost and it's time to run, God says, just stick with it. Don't, don't, don't quit. Because I'm going pro- to provide a way of escape for you. And the other thing that can happen is that He makes me stronger than I ever thought that I would be. He gives me something that I didn't know. He gives me His power and His strength to do that. And no matter what you're facing today, I can promise you, if you stick with God, and if you listen to Him, and if you trust Him, you're going to see one of those two things. Either He's going to remove the temptation or remove the, the situation that you're in, or He's going to make you strong enough to bear up under it. And which one do you think He, he usually does and that He loves to do? He loves to strengthen His people. He'll always provide a way of escape, but He loves it when you stick with it, and you stick in there, and you find something in yourself that's a gift from God that you never even knew that you had until you had to have it. And in that moment, He gives you that grace and He gives you that ability to, to do it. And you'll, you'll come out praising God and you'll come out feeling better about yourself as well. Because you'll see that God is doing a deep work on the inside of you. So the snare. And then this is my, my favorite. It says, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what's different about I mean, toda or yada is, is, um, is translated um, thanksgiving, and, but here's how it's different. I can thank somebody for doing something for me that's a scoundrel or that's a, you know, a, like a, a, a total, you know, useless person, a person who's, you know, I can, I can thank somebody. They do something nice for me, and I'm just like, thank you. I don't have to know them. I don't have to care about them, anything like that. I'm not saying that anybody is useless. Everybody's made in the, in the image of God. But I am saying that just because somebody does something for me and I thank them doesn't mean that I necessarily respect them or understand them at all. This Thanksgiving is different, though. This is not just saying thank you, but it's saying thank you. And it glorifies God. Because the fact is, no matter what your lament was or what your need was, it is small potatoes compared to Him. And whatever the need was that brought us to Him, the great thing is not the deliverance or the escape or any of those things, is that we've come to Him. So Todah means praise. It means I petitioned God and it resulted in praise to Him. It points it all back to the right place. It's not just the things that He does for us, even though those are awesome, it's the one who's doing the things. It's not the gift, it's not the deliverance, it's the giver. It's the deliverer. 
Amen? That's the difference between just saying thank you and saying I was trapped. I was in a bad way. And I can say that so many different times that I've seen it in my life. And what I'm overwhelmed by is a couple of things. I'm overwhelmed by the, by the way that he does things. He's so genius. You could never figure it out. I've gone into situations that I know is going to be terrible. And they turn out not just to be not terrible, but awesome. I see God there, you know? <clears throat> Sometimes those hard conversations that you have to have with people and you go into them thinking, this is going to go bad. I'm just going to try to cut my losses or limit the damage. And you come out of it saying, God showed up. <laughs> not only was it not terrible, it was awesome. And I saw him in a better way. And I saw myself in a better way. It's, it's the difference between getting out of something and just shaking the dust off your feet and going forward and getting out of something and stopping and realizing, boy, there's a God in heaven and he's awesome and he does amazing things. <clears throat> but there's another aspect to this too. And it's the humbling effect of realizing who he is and then you stop and say, and he helped me. He helped me. In one of the Psalms it says, what is man? What is man that you're even mindful of him? And the son of man, who are we that God would care for us? And that's what Israel reminded themselves of over and over and over and over and over again in the Psalms is who God is. God did not choose Israel because they were great warriors. He did not choose Israel because they were the most you know, wealthy nation, great traders. He didn't, you know, not the best looking people on the face of the earth, just people. They were just people. God chose them because they weren't all of those things so that when all of those things are manifested in them, people would know that's not them, that's God. And I don't mean to, you know, burst your bubble, but God didn't choose you for the same reason. He didn't choose you because he thought you were awesome, even though you may think you are, and maybe you are in some ways. He chose you in spite of the fact that he knew you. He knew you. What would, what would you see if you could really see into your own heart? If you, could, if you could just see into your own heart and know how unlovely you are, maybe even at your best, you know what you would be amazed by? That God loves you. And not just superficially, He loves you. He loves you. He cares for you. When you're weeping, He cares for you. He just doesn't want you to do it alone. When you're anxious, when you're worried, He's got you. The everlasting arms have got you. If you could see into your own heart, that would only be half the story because what you have to do is see into His heart. And that's what Todah is all about. Todah is... Praise. It's not just please and thank you, but it's a thank you that explodes into praise. It's where it turns the corner from just saying, thanks for what you did for me, to saying, I'm amazed at who you are. I'm amazed at who you are. You know, I was thinking during worship that there was something, when we were talking about sovereignty, it's, I just thought that was so insightful. I just feel like that that is a, a living word from God for us right now, for all of us. 
about sovereignty. But it's good sovereignty. It's not just like, he's well, God's in charge. Whatever God wants to do, he's going to do. It's like, God's in charge. And whatever he wants to do is going to be good. See, that's what the early church had. That's the reason why they could face what they faced. is because they believed in the sovereignty of God. When they called them in and put them on trial, these guys thought they were in control. They're like, don't you know what we can do? with just what Pilate said to Jesus, by the way. Jesus Christ. Don't you know that I have the power? You know, and Jesus is like, man, you're an amateur with power if you think you have power. I'm the one that's got the power. And my power I am using to lay down my life for the world. A few years ago, I came out of my door and there was a, there was a mockingbird that was sitting um, in a lower tree limb. And... Uh, Everything that moved in that yard, he was after. A little squirrel came by, he was after that squirrel. You know, cat came in, he was like after that. And he's chasing off birds and all of this. And the Lord spoke to him and he said, that bird thinks he owns this yard. He thinks he owns this. He thinks he's in control. Right? And I'm like, that's funny. And he said, Joe, so do you. So do you. You're just like that bird. You just think, you know, you think this is all this stuff and you're, like, you're in control and you're going to do all... And it's like, you know, God here. <laughs> you know, hello. That's what Pilate thought. Don't you know that I'm in control? That's what the Sanhedrin thought when they brought the um, disciples in, uh, in front of them. And they were like, you know, they're questioning him and, and all of this stuff. And, and they're like, um, you can't say anything else in, in the name of, of Jesus. And they're like, <laughs> okay, well, you decide whether you should be the one to tell us what to do or whether we should do what he tells us to do. Because they understood sovereignty. Because they understood authority. And they're not saying that the Sanhedrin had no authority, but their authority came from God. And God was the one that had the sovereign authority and the final say-so in our lives. Most of the time, this works through just really natural things, but every now and then, man, he just flexes his supernatural muscles, and he does things that only God can do. So if you're feeling overwhelmed today, that's my word for you. God is in control. It's really important for you to remember we're very forgetful people. We get in a tight fix and we cry out to the Lord, and then God comes through and then we don't, we don't, we forget it. We're moving on to the next one, right? But one, one more story. So I, I know you, I've told you this one before, but I think it's really funny. Um, a guy's driving around the Walmart parking lot and uh, can't find a parking space. And he just says, you know, God, you know, if you'll help me find a parking space, I'll, you know, I'll change my life. I'll, I'll quit cussing and, you know, I'll, uh, I'll pay my taxes or something like that. And right then, a, a space opens up right in front, right next to the door of the Walmart parking lot. And he said, never mind, God, I found one myself. <laughs> Isn't that right? It's like we forget. As soon as we get out of it, we forget. We have to remember. We have to rehearse these things. We have to rehearse thankfulness. It's a discipline for us. But practice that, okay? Work that into every time you pray, start with thanksgiving. Then move on to petition. And I want us to do something together today that uh, harks back to my raising. And it's a responsorial uh, psalm. This is Psalm... Uh, 136. And so let's, I don't know if we can do this or not, okay? I just figured I'd give it a, give it a shot. Not that one.
That's lament, okay? That, that's what that was. You remember that? And remember being in a situation like that, and that leads us to a psalm of thanksgiving. This is Psalm 136. Um, let's stand together and do this, okay? So I'll say the first part, and you guys, enthusiastically, okay, say the second part, because every single verse is this way. It's beautiful. Every single verse is this way. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good for His... All right, so if, that, if this was VBS, they would be saying, that's no good, that's, that's lame, you've got to be louder than that, right? So if you've ever been to B, VBS, just try to emulate that right now. Verse 2, give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To Him who alone does great wonders. To him who by understanding made the heavens for it endures forever. Amen. To him who spread out the earth above the waters. So let me let me pause for one second here because this word steadfast love, that's the Hebrew word. Um, it's it it sounds like you're clearing your throat when you say it. Um, but it's chesed. Chesed. Say that. Chesed. There you go. Kazuntide. <laughs> um and it's God's covenant love. When it says steadfast love, it's like He made the covenant and He will always follow through on it. He is faithful. He will not let you fail. He will not let you fall. He's, he's got you. All right. Do we do this one? To Him He sprout the earth? All right. To Him who made the great lights. Steadfast love endures forever. To the sun to rule over the day for its steadfast love endures forever. Yeah. The moon and the stars to rule over the night. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. Steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them. Steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm. Steadfast love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two. And made Israel pass through the midst of it. Her steadfast love endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea. Her steadfast love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness. To him who struck down great kings. And killed mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites. And Og, king of Bashan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel, his servant. It is he who remembered us in our low estate and rescued us from our foes. He who gives food to all flesh. Give thanks to the God of heaven for his steadfast love endures forever. Sing this together. His love endures forever. Sing it out with me. 
is loved in Let's start on this note. <laughs> there we go. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. And forever God is with us. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Yeah. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing forever you are. Forever you are faithful. Forever you are strong. Forever you are with us. Forever, forever, forever. Sing it out. His love endures forever. His love endures forever, yeah. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. Yes, Lord. Oh, we celebrate you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We celebrate you, Lord. We celebrate you, Lord. Heavenly Father, you've done great things, Lord. You've done great things for us. You've done great things for your people, Lord. You saw us, Lord Jesus, in our plight. You heard our lament, Lord, and it was worse than we even knew. You saw us, Lord Jesus, destined for death, destined for hell. And you showed yourself mighty on our behalf. Who are we that you would even take thought of us, much less give your only begotten Son for us? And your deliverance continues day after day after day. In big ways and in small ways, Lord, you're constantly drawing us to yourself. You're constantly, Lord Jesus, helping us, showing us the way. You're constantly strengthening us, Lord, to make us more and more capable to do your will by your grace, oh God. But God, what we thank you for the most is who you are. You are a great and mighty God. Your love endures forever. Your promises, Lord, you always keep your promises. And you've made great promises to us. We thank you today, Lord, for who you are. We thank you that you have allowed us to call you Father. 
that you have adopted us into your family and that we are yours. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us a destiny, Lord, in eternity. That what we experience right now is just a foretaste. All the good things that we see and all the, all the wonderful things that we experience, Lord, are just a foretaste of the glory that is to be revealed in us, Lord. Thank you for it. God, strengthen our hearts by these declarations. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we sing praise and we sing thanks to you, Lord, we would be reminded of, the, of your sovereignty, of the one who has called us and the purposes of God that will not be, um, that will not go unfulfilled. Remind us of that, Lord. Give us a greater capacity to thank you, Lord. I pray that as we stretch ourselves, Lord, uh, to, to thank you and to think and to be, be aware, Lord, of all the many ways that you have blessed us, Lord, that it would just make us more conscious of how much you love us and how good you are. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Sing free.